Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for our April on-demand webinar. Don't be fooled by the name of this webinar, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. It's a simple play on words. Today we'll be discussing lean, agile, and waterfall methodologies and how they can coexist. So today we're lucky to have Dr. Dave Cornelius as our presenter. Dr. Dave Cornelius is a value delivery leader and agile coach. He's worked in technology and business for over 30 years, spanning for uh, spanning various industries that includes cloud, shrink wrap software, and the list definitely goes on. He's the author of Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? And Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way, which both books are available on Amazon. He's also the innovator of the Agility Leadership Learning Cards. And you can check out his webinars and podcasts, Noel Share with Dr. Dave, on iTunes and Google Play, which are also hosted on grokshare.com. And you can also blog with him on nullshare.org. So Dave is passionate about innovation and his greatest to date is the Five, Saturday, Five Saturdays Agile Education Outreach Program that empowers middle school and high school students to use agility as a life skill. The program's core is science, technology, engineering, agile, and math. Welcome, Dr. Dave. Well, good morning, and it's such a great day to be here. How are you? <laughs> good. Yeah, we're good. And um, awesome. we, also, we also have Margaret with us, our PI champion, who is our product expert. She knows all the ins and outs of PI and helps to make uh, the user experience seamless. She, she'll also bring some clarity to us about how PI utilizes different methodologies to improve the project manager's experience a bit later in the presentation. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. So Good on morning, today's... <laughs> On today's agenda, we'll go over the different types of methodologies, um, Agile and Waterfall, as well as how they're applied uh, in business and teams. And lastly, how PI ties all these methodologies together. So with that, I'll go ahead and hand this off to our first presenter, Dr. Dave. So the real world often have multiple practices. So large companies also always have like some diverse delivery practice and some practice lean. Some may also practice agile, which in most cases is scrum, or if they're at scale, they may do the scale agile framework or they may try something like less. Uh, yet another would practice waterfall. So the challenge is, is how do we help teams to align on delivery cadence? And the question is, can Lean, Kanban, Scrum, and Waterfall coexist and really enable innovations for the organization to grow? <clears throat> and if we go on to the next slide. So the first one is Lean Thinking, and we think about Kanban. This practice have really short delivery cycles the encouragement is to get teams to work and deliver value in one to three days. Um, it's often called continual delivery. It's a pull system, so it's really driven by the customer priority and the work that they have to get done. And there's a simple concept called jobs to be done that's coined by Clayton Christensen, a Harvard uh, University professor. He's at the Harvard Business School. And the concept is that customers have jobs to be done, and as innovators and builders of things, 
um, it's our responsibility to manage to their priority. But equally important is to have a flow system where we remove impediments and we're not blocked from getting work done. Work is always visible. You have a big board somewhere in the office. So it could be a, an electronic board where people could see the work to be done, the work that is being done, and the work that has been done. One of the concepts is to limit work in progress so that we're not starting and we're actually focusing on finishing work. Agile practice or scrum is a more of a team-driven um, practice. It's an iterative delivery cycle, normally one to two, four weeks. Um, in most industries or most companies, you use a practice of two weeks sprints. So we, we always seek to find frequent customer feedback at the end of each sprint, making sure that we are, are always given feedback. Is, is this good? Is this what you asked for? And to make sure that we could continually improve to get better. So teams are really more self-organizing and you do not have a project manager telling you what to do. It's driven by the team. They, they look at the, the priority of the work. They uh, make commitments and they get that work done. And so there's multiple ceremonies to really share progress. And, and the, one of the things that happens at the end of every sprint is what we call a sprint review and a demo, but also daily, just a daily stand-up. So everyone is always in the loop. Everything is always out there and really understand what needs to be done. The other practice is waterfall, which is also referred to as a stage gate practice. The delivery cycle for waterfall projects normally are three to 18 months. Some people would say nine to 18 months. Um, this is led by a project manager um, one of the, the challenges is that most of the work is hidden in Microsoft Project and it's not visible uh, um, to the team, but primarily visible to a few. And the visibility is only done like perhaps on a weekly basis if there is a status meeting. Uh, often there's silo team organization and work start depends on another team's finishing their work. So you have a long runway to demonstrate value. And Dr. Dave, I guess in your uh, experience, which one of these agile practices or waterfall do you use, utilize the most? Uh, the practice that I utilize the most is Scrum and Kanban. Um, I find that a lot more teams or people are looking at Kanban now um, to reduce the amount of ceremonies, but um, still Scrum is, is very popular right now. Yeah, I'd say I, uh... I'd say we're a scrum team over here at the marketing department at PI. And that's really awesome. <laughs> so really important is that if you look at the, the team's delivery cadence, so you have Kanban, which is a one to three day delivery cycle. You have a, a team iterative, which is scrum, one to four weeks. Um, you have a, a team stage gauge, which is the waterfall, three to 18 months. And, and the gap here is that we have a misalignment and delivery cadence. And in doing that, if we look at a timeline of agile release cadence, um, you could see as you begin from January to December, if you were doing an agile release timeline, you could say, okay, we're going to, everything is done, design, develop, test, and DevOps, and we get a value at the end of every quarter. That's an agreement. So you could get the voice of the customer 
and begin that same cycle every quarter. But if you look at the bottom, you know, the opportunities that you have is that you can start realizing revenue early when you go through the agile practice. And so would you would you if you have Kanban running a web product, you know, in January, the month of January, you could have over seven releases, you know, using the max of three days over with a 22 day month. And the same thing with Scrum, you could at least have two releases if you desire. But at the end of every quarter, you could align and said, okay, our, our delivery cadence is going to be on a quarterly basis. So multiply it by three. So you could have at least six internal releases or 21 releases with Kanban. Now, with the waterfall me method, and I'm just saying there's an SAP changes, you can see it this could be all the way out to nine months before you get um, the first release. So you could see we get, if you're looking at revenue and you want revenue early, you know, the, the lean Kanban and, ad, and Scrum approach would be a lot more beneficial to your organization. Okay. To, to resolve this, one thing we have to do is get involved with building alignment in the teams. So we could begin with shared vision and goals. So if you have a team that's running Kanban, that's running Scrum, and another team that's running Waterfall, um, you know, we could have the scrum master per se to play in that role to help to build and coach the teams to, to establish a vision and goals. Our working agreements are really important where everyone align on, you know, a common delivery cadence. Um, instead of just, as we've demonstrated in, in the previous slide, you can start to see that if we use an iterative uh, method, you start to deliver business value early and often. Um, it's important to cross-train the teams on lean and agile practices so that over time, we may be able to transition the waterfall teams into a more iterative approach. And key thing for building alignment and, and team values is to demonstrate empathy for failures because when we fail, we do learn and we have to move on and not really beat people over the head because of failure. I know some people think that we do not have governance in Agile, but it really is. We really do, because when you when you think about it, you have to prioritize work, which if you were doing a traditional portfolio, portfolio, you would have something that's outlined of what's priority one through priority N. Also, establishing a definition of ready gives us a way of driving alignment with the teams that says, we're ready to get work, ready to start to do work. And then you establish a definition of done. Also, it's another alignment and agreement that says these are the things that says work is being done. Um, measuring relentlessly. Metrics are really important because they inform us to take a step in, in, to, in one specific directive or many different directions. But they help to inform us and so that we can make better decisions. Now, the thing is, is we have customer approval, which is the true sign of success. So a simple governance model like this would ensure that you are de delivering value often and you're delivering it with high quality and there is alignment within um, the organization per se. Now, one of the meetings that we've used before, and it's a, it was a common practice in Scrum, it's called the Scrum of Scrums. And often, you know, teams may meet twice a week um, for 15 minutes and it's really, to, to really understand, can you identify and resolve any dependencies? 
Um, are there any risks that we need to identify and mitigate? And so this is a, a joint activity between a scrum master and a project manager pairing to make sure that we're driving alignment within these three different teams with these three different delivery cadence. Um, the, the thing is, is we want to get to a point where we start changing the status quo, maybe influence the waterfall team to be a bit more iterative and maybe shorter cycle. So maybe they could fit within the, the three month delivery cycle versus nine months, which will really start to drive um, alignment on cadence. But this meeting helps to build trust between the three teams, um, starts to remove a lot of the walls that exists when you have you know, some people doing Kanban, some people doing Scrum, and some people doing Waterfall. This type of just gathering um, helps to foster a greater sense of community. So communication is key. Communication is amazing. <laughs> so to summarize the, the activity and work is that we want to build team um, alignment with work in agreements. So we agree that every quarter we're going to have a release. So perhaps we have to change things around here and there. Um, aligning on a release cadence is really important because in this way, no matter if we have three days and sometimes two weeks or nine months, we can that our release cadence will be every three months, a shorter cycle that, and that gives the organization an opportunity to realize revenue early. Um, we believe that you should create and share the definition of ready and definition of done. That gives you the ability to understand when to start, that we're ready to start work. And we know exactly what you mean when you say you're done. I said communicate, communicate, communicate. This is essential to driving the alignment between three different teams having three different delivery uh, release cadence. and. Essentially, that could also help to have a common release cadence between all teams. Um, Dr. Dave, what would you say are some um, great strategies to mitigate project failure um, between all three teams using different practices? Well, failure is something that's eminent in, in most projects. So the, the fact that if we go and if we have frequent um, meetings or frequent gatherings, let's say a daily scrum and a, a, a sprint review and demo, um, those two activities really illuminate any type of issues that you may encounter. So if I have a, a team of, of, of people meeting and saying like, you know, here's the work that I'm working on today, here's the stuff that I did yesterday, and here's the stuff that was um, an impediment, you know, the scrum master or project manager could easily start working on those and try to mitigate those issues because they're often dependencies or some level of risk. The other thing is, is if we have a good definition of ready and a definition of done defined, um, that also helps to reduce the amount of risk and, and also reduce the amount of dependencies. But the, the fact that we're getting feedback from customers often Mm -hmm. um, really helps a lot because just imagine if, if you had to wait nine months before you could do a, um, a user acceptance test versus every two weeks or even every month, there's a big difference in terms of getting feedback from the customer. So you're not building the wrong thing and then waiting almost a year before you could pivot and go in a different direction. So those are some of the things that you could really leverage and use to um, 
really mitigate risk and um, you know reduce the number of dependencies that leads to failure. Great. And what would uh, what would you say is a good amount of time to check in with clients to make sure that you're on the right track? I, I love you know two week sprints. I think every two weeks it's really checking in with those clients, and it, it's not a long meeting, mm-hmm. and it's really it's a meeting really we call them ceremonies you know and so it's really a gathering where you're actually demonstrating finished work um like yesterday there was a group of us from different companies looking at a project that we're working on and it was amazing to be able to share hey here's the finished work and we're doing one week sprints Mm -hmm. but it was the ability to share the finished work that they could see things that are working things that are in progress uh, things that we haven't started yet, and they can start asking questions. So what about that button? If you mm-hmm. click on that button, oh, yeah, you know, we didn't expect it to do that. Could you change it to do that? So you, in in two weeks or one week sprints, we're getting frequent feedback. So by the time we release, we're releasing the right things for the customer. So I, I think that's really just amazing. And I guess, what would you say, um, what type of meeting has more value with clients? Do you usually check in over the phone, over email? Do you do a face-to-face? It, it, it depends. We live in a global world, so often clients could be face-to-face. Um, we use uh, video conferencing a lot. It's good to see people's faces and, and their expressions. Technology so, is great. Uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I work with teams, you know, globally, and um, it's it's great to be able to check in and see someone who's in Dubai or China or India, and you know, you can see their face, you can see what's really going on. Um, it's it's really tapping into that uh, nonverbal communication that that we often miss with just on the phone activities. Right. It's great. So our next slide. So, so communication. I said communication is, is key. I said we just have to be transparent. And if we engage in frequent communication, like on, on daily scrums, um, you know, weekly scrum of scrums, um, also just having the sprint reviews and demos, I mean, those are really important. Another event that or ceremony that I didn't talk about is you know called the retrospective. And this is where we discuss things that have went well, things that are not going well, and things that we need to change. So those are discussing impediments, things that are blocking the team from having that great flow. Um, and so that activity is it's really essential at the end of every sprint that we reflect to see how we can get better. Uh, and, and so I, I tell some people, if you really think about it, um, if we do it, you know, twice a month. So 24 times, we have 24 opportunities to improve. You know, in most organizations, you know, improvements may come, you know, once a year. And so here's an opportunity to do it 24 times in, in, in one year. And, and part of that communication cycle is to also just be honest and kind, you know, when sharing failure. Because, you know, we have to remember we're dealing with people and we're human beings. And it's important for us to really tap into that empathy aspect of, of who we are. And even though sometimes it's really tough to do that. Yeah, definitely. But it's important for uh, when working in a team. So it's a yeah. really good points that you brought up. Thank you, Alexa. 
So thank you, Dr. Dave. Um, we're going to go ahead and turn this over to Margaret, and she's going to discuss a little bit more about how PI uses these blended methodologies. Thank you, Alexa. Yeah, the idea behind Project Insight, taking these concepts and running with them in software form, is the idea that um, we want you to work where you're at. We want your teams that are working in Kanban or Lean or Scrum to be able to get those features that they need to organize their work, put them in sprints, use a board to move the tasks along their life cycle. But then we also recognize that no matter how lean you're running, no matter how uh, efficient your Scrum, there's going to be financial goals. There's going to be leadership asking you, what does this all mean? How do I talk apples to apples among all of my teams and make sure that the data I'm getting paints me the picture, paints me the big picture? So that's where PI comes in. The idea is that, you know, if you have a team that wants to know, well, okay, you've got all this stuff on your Kanban board, but can I see that on a Gantt chart? No one wants to spend the time somehow translating the work they're doing on this Kanban into a Gantt chart. So we had the idea of wouldn't it be nice to let the team who's working in Scrum build out the tasks that they need to build and actually run their projects in a sprint format, but then all they have to do is press a button and it would demonstrate to the team, okay, this is what we think our Gantt chart's gonna look like over the next couple of sprints based on what we've put together right now. As Dr. Dave said, the need for communication is still super present because you're still gonna be bridging those vocabulary differences about, well, just because it's on the Gantt chart right now, this is our best guess for what we think the future holds, but the whole idea of Agile is that we're adaptive and we're running with anything that the customer throws our way. So even if I'm giving you this in a Gantt chart, um, on our side of the Agile world, you know, we're constantly moving and shaking and making these small adjustments. Um, so stick with us. Um, just to give that visibility of how the different teams view their work, push through their tasks, um, and then how they get together at the end to actually communicate about what happened. Okay, um, the other thing that we have at Project Insight is um, the t-shirt sizing capabilities and, and some of those other terms that Agile teams use to try to communicate this is a big project versus this is a smaller project. You know, although we don't necessarily want to commit to, you know, this is going to take me 25, 24 hours to get man hours to get done, we all know that in the technology world, what we think could be 24 hours, all of a sudden we run into a bump where you know the APIs we're working with don't give us the data we thought they were gonna give us. Now all of a sudden this is gonna take a little bit longer than we anticipated. That kind of ability to use the vocab that the Agile teams are using, you know, whether it be t-shirt sizes or jelly beans or whatever you wanna call it, um, but yet communicate that out to the larger PMO, even to the financial world of side of the business and say, this is what it means when we say something's an extra large. This is what it means when we say something's a medium. Um, to just jump off of what Dr. Dave said about communication, what communication is to teams and human beings working with each other, we believe visibility is to software. 
software should be giving you all of these visual representations of what's going on so that now we can start to have business discussions around what's happening instead of what does this mean or how do I understand or interpret this, this you're giving me? Um, so that's where Project Insight comes in and kind of gives everybody that shared tool and that shared vocabulary. What do you think, Alexa? Does that sound right? I totally couldn't agree with you more. I think um, project management software allows that visibility and really, um, I guess, to what Dr. Dave was saying, it mitigates, like helps to mitigate failure. I know it's inevitable, but I feel like software can um, definitely mitigate those risks and forecast uh, different things throughout the project. So it's great points that you brought up. Um, just to add to what Margaret said, it's, it's great that you're making work visible because um, that's a, a common practice of agility itself. So making work visible is really important and, and really creating a common language. So it's awesome that your software is really blending um, the different types of methodologies and giving a common report that leaders could really understand and make decisions with. Um, so we'd like to thank you both again, um, Dr. Dave and Margaret, for an excellent presentation. And that's all we have for you today. Thank you all for joining us, and we hope that you'll tune in for the next month's webinar. Have a great day, everyone. You too. Thanks, Bye. Alexa. Look for the Null Share with Dr. Dave podcast on iTunes and Google Play. The Null Share with Dr. Dave podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. This podcast and interview produced by Dr. Dave Cornelius, copyright 2018, Nalshare. Nalshare with Dr. Dave.